Welcome to the Karis Christian Center podcast. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, we've been talking about loving life. Everybody say, love life. And we begin in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 8 through 12. We'll go there in just a minute. But I begin with this foundation. What is the foundation of why I love life? I said, number one, because God is good. Number two, because the word is true. I got a Bible full of promises I can believe. Number three, because Jesus is Lord. He's the Lord of eternity. He's the creator of the universe. Praise God, he's my Lord. And he's coming again to be the Lord of lords and the King of kings. I'm so glad, amen, that Jesus is Lord. And last of all, because we are blessed. If you're born again, if you know Jesus as your Lord, you are blessed. Praise God. So that's the foundation. But I said, how can we get that working in our life? So we're going to jump right in here in verse 8 and read. He says, finally, be all of one mind, having compassion on one another. You know what? You need to be compassionate toward people. And he's talking here specifically in your family. He's talking about a husband and wife relationship. But this is good in all relationships to be compassionate. He says, love as brethren, be merciful and be courteous. Just be merciful. Blessed are the merciful, the Bible says, for they shall obtain mercy. He says, be courteous. Don't render evil for evil when somebody gets mad at you and tells you how the cow eats cabbage. You don't have to sow that back, right? That came from my, my childhood. My dad said, I'm going to tell him how the cow eats cabbage. <laughs> so you don't have to sow that back, right? He says, not rendering evil for evil or railing for railing, but contrarywise blessing. The Bible says, bless those who persecute you. Praise God. Pray for those who despitefully use you. Praise the Lord. So he says, if you'll sow blessing, you'll receive blessing. You'll inherit a blessing. For he who will love life. I said, how can we love life? Praise God, we need to know God is good, the word is true, Jesus is Lord, and we're blessed. But then he tells us how. He says we've got to see good. See good. He who will love life and see good days. What do you see? Paul says this in Philippians 4 verse 8. He says, finally, brethren, whatever is lovely, whatever's just, if there's any virtue, if there's any praise, if there's anything of a good report, think on these things. So you have to choose to see the good. You've got to choose to focus on positive things. Paul's writing that, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. He's writing that from prison where he's in prison for preaching the gospel. But he's saying, here's how we do it. We keep our eyes on what's right. We keep our eyes on what's good and we keep going forward. He says, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips that they speak no deceit. So number one, we got to see good. Number two, we've got to speak life. Everybody say, speak life. 
See, you have a choice to make. The Bible says this in Proverbs 18, 21. You say, Pastor, you preach on this an awful lot. Well, you need it an awful lot, including Pastor Lawson. Death and life are in the power of your tongue, of my tongue, and those who love it shall eat the fruit thereof. So you got to see good. Number two, he said, we need to speak life. Then he goes on. Let him hate evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. Praise God. The third thing that I have, but it all fits together. Hate evil, do good, seek peace, and pursue it. I have pursue peace. I'll talk to you in a minute about what that's really talking about. He said, for the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayers, but the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Now, if we're going to do verse 11, guess what? The only way that you're going to do that is through a relationship with God, through a relationship with Jesus. He says, hate evil and do good, seek peace and pursue it. I don't think he's talking so much about hating the evil in other people's life or hating the evil in the world. I think he's talking about hating evil in our own life. You see, the Bible says that Jesus, you know, hated iniquity. Praise God. And he loved God. Therefore, God anointed him with the oil of gladness above everyone, above his brethren. Praise God. So we need to hate evil and do good. The only way I think you can really do that is through a relationship with God. Now, the Bible says this about hating evil and doing good. It says in Romans 12, verse 21, do not be overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. There's a lot of evil. There's a lot of destruction. There's a lot of negative things in this world. But he said, don't let that overwhelm you, right? What do you got to do to see evil? All you got to do is open your eyes. I mean, turn on the television, turn on the radio, just, just look around. It's all around. But he said, don't let it overcome you. Don't be overcome with evil. But overcome evil with good. Just like you can't overcome negative thoughts without replacing those thoughts with positive thoughts, you can't overcome evil without replacing it with good. So don't be overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. Then he says this. He says, let him seek peace and pursue it. I just shared with you Romans chapter 12, verse 21. Verse 18 says this, Romans 12, verse 18 he says, as much as possible, live peaceably with all men. As much as possible. As much as you can. You know what? If you, there's some people in this world that are just crazy. Right? There's some people, you know what? You can't, you can't help how they think and how they act, but you can help how you think and how you act. And you know, he says, as much as possible, because some of them, you know, it doesn't matter what you do. Amen? They're just crazy. And I've decided some of those people, they can just go be crazy on their own. I'm not going to go be crazy with them. Praise God. I've tried to show them love. I've tried to forgive them. I've tried to be kind. But you know what? They're just crazy. So if they're crazy, I just let them be crazy on their own. I love them. 
at a distance. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. And you need to know that. So he, he says this. He says, seek peace and pursue it. As much as possible, live peaceably with all men. Okay, now how you, you can't do this except love, right? Hate evil, love good, seek peace and pursue. You can't do this except through a relationship with God. Let me show you a scripture. In Luke chapter 10, verse 17 through verse 20. We're going to go to these scriptures just in a minute. But in Luke chapter 9, Jesus sent out his 12 disciples, right, who he named apostles. And he gave them power to heal the sick and to cast out devils, right? In Luke chapter 10, Jesus sent 70 out, and he told them in verse 9, heal the sick that are therein, say to them, the kingdom of God is come to you. So he sent the 70 out, told them to preach the kingdom of God and heal the sick. In verse 17, these 70 returned with joy saying, Lord, even the devils are subject to us through thy name. They were rejoicing because, man, the devils are coming out. Hallelujah. What's he saying as we read through this? Look, look at it. As he said to them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. The devil is not who he used to be. The devil doesn't have the power that he once had. Hallelujah. Jesus stripped him of authority in his death and resurrection. He says, behold, I give you power or authority to tread on serpents and scorpions over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. So they're rejoicing because they're seeing demons come out. They're seeing sick people healed. They're seeing amazing things. However, look at what he says in verse 20. Notwithstanding in this rejoice not. You know, it's exciting when people get healed. It's exciting when people get set free by the power of God. You know, I was just in Jacksonville, Florida this week, and I went to a church where I was a year ago in November. And when I was there a year ago in November, we, it was a hurricane. And in this hurricane, we had twice as many people on a Wednesday night as they usually have in that church. The pastor was so excited. But what happened, I had went to that church just prior to the pandemic. And when I went to that church just prior to the pandemic, January of 2020, there was a lady there who had had major back problems for 10 years. And so she asked me to pray for her, and I prayed for her. And she told me, Pastor Lawson, when I came back, right, last year in November 2022, she said, last time you came, you prayed for me. I'd had major pain, major back problems for 10 years, and I couldn't get over it. I wasn't getting any better, just getting worse. And from the moment you laid hands on me, I began to get better. And within 10 days, I was completely healed. So she went out. And she told all these people about the meetings, and she basically filled that church up with people because she had been healed the time before. So one lady came to the meeting this past Wednesday night. She was so happy, came right before the meeting, her and her husband. So I went to, I went to see her, and I went to talk to her. And, and, and uh, she said, I have a testimony. You remember you came last year? I said, yes, you prayed for me, she said. And I had been diagnosed with stage 4 cancer. But you laid hands on me and prayed for me. 
And she said, two days after you laid hands on me and prayed for me, I went back to the doctor and they scanned me and they declared that I was cancer free. She said, this was a huge testimony to my Muslim doctor. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That Jesus is Lord. Amen. So, so we get excited when God heals people. Amen. We get excited when we see people set free and saved and all the amazing things. But Jesus, look at what Jesus says. He says, don't rejoice in this, but rejoice that, don't rejoice that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Rejoice because you have a relationship with me. Because it's a relationship with God through Jesus Christ that makes it work. It's not by our power or our holiness that we did this, Peter said. It's by the name of Jesus. It's a relationship with Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, the King of kings and Lord of lords. Praise God. That's what makes all this stuff work. Praise God. You know, 6 o'clock a.m. Thursday morning, I'm sitting at the Jacksonville airport. Getting ready to fly back, there's a little lady sitting down the row from me just a little ways. And so I started talking to her. How you doing? Well, I'm not doing too good. My mama died about a year ago. And so I began to talk to her a little bit. And I said, did your mama know Jesus? Yes, she had received Jesus just about a year before she died. She received the Lord. And so anyway, I said, you want to see something? She said, yeah, I had the pastor video. Got this lady had him video this testimony. So I showed it. It's a little three-minute video. She said, wow. She said, would you pray for me? She said, I got major back problems. Would you pray for me? I said, absolutely. So I prayed for her. When I not only prayed that God would heal her, I prayed. I said, how are you doing in your relationship with Jesus? She said, I'm not doing very well. So I prayed that the Lord Jesus would make his love real to her. And I saw tears running down her face. Praise God. She was very condemned over her mother's death. She said, it's my fault. I said, listen, people die. This is not your fault. Hallelujah. And then a little bit later, she got on the plane. I had, I had the cheap ticket, right? One where you get on, get on the plane last, sit in the back of the bus. Okay, so <laughs> hallelujah. I like to use God's money wisely. Any, anyway, hallelujah. I, I, uh, I, I, she got on there, and she walked by, and she said, thank you. You know, people need the grace of God. People need to know Jesus. We need to share it. Then we flew to Denver. Then I got off the plane, got on the other plane flying to Colorado Springs. There's a young boy sitting. His parents were missionaries to South America for years, and now they've moved back to Florida, and his dad's a pastor in Florida. He's a senior in high school. I said, why are you coming to Colorado Springs? He said, my uncle gave me a truck. I said, glory to God. He said, I'm going to drive it to uh, Missouri and spend some time with some of my family for Thanksgiving, then I'm going to drive back to Florida. <laughs> and so I said, you want to see something? He said, I'm going to be going to missionary school. Praise God when I get out of high school. I said, that's great. So I showed him this video. He's like, wow. Amen. You know, our God's alive. Jesus is alive. But he said, don't rejoice that demons are subject to you. Don't rejoice that the sick are healed. We're, we're praise God for that. We thank God that the word is working and it's true. But he says, rejoice because you have a relationship with God. And it's a relationship with God that makes this work. That's how you don't let evil overcome you, but you overcome evil with good. Amen? And it's really through being at peace with God. Remember, 
as much as possible, live peaceably with all men. You do that through the peace of God on the inside of you. Turn with me to this scripture. I want to show you a scripture in, the, in Hebrews chapter 12. Turn to Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14. Now, how many of you have a King James authorized version, 1611? My daddy said the King James, the Bible, Paul used. Well, some 1,500 years earlier. <laughs> Amen. No, but I, I like the King James, all right? And for a modern version, I like the modern English version. Queen Elizabeth had the modern English version done, right, in the same way that King James had the King James done. And I actually read the modern English version. I like it really well. I, behind that, for a modern version, I like the New King James Version. I actually preached out of the New King James Version for four years, but I just like the, the King James because there's things, there's words in the old meanings that, that have a connotation, and sometimes I'm missing that in the New King James. So for the modern, I like the modern English Version behind that, the, the New King James, but I still use the King James Version, amen? So anyway, in in Hebrews 12, verse 14, in the King James Version, it says this. It says, follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. Now, how many of you have the King James? You got the King James? What's different about men? It's in italics. What does that mean? It means the word was not there in the original language. So this is what this says in the literal. It says, follow peace with all and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. So men, they added in there. However, I believe first of all, you need to be at peace with God. Right? And if you're not at peace with God, it's really going to be hard for you to live peaceably with yourself and then peaceably with other people. But if you're at peace with God and your relationship with God is right, you can be at peace with yourself. Great peace have they that love your word and nothing will offend them. Praise God, Psalm 119, 165. So you get at peace with yourself, right? And then you can be at peace with other people. But it begins with peace with God. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Romans 5 verse 1. So I'm at peace with God. Because I'm at peace with God, I can be at peace with myself. And when I'm at peace with myself, I can be at peace with other people. Follow peace with all. Peace with God, peace with yourself, and peace with other people. And holiness. See, you can't live holy except God helps you. God says, be ye holy for I am holy. But you can't live holy without the help of God. In fact, if you study Colossians chapter 1 about verse 22, you'll find out when you believed on Jesus, your spirit was made holy. The moment that you believed on Jesus, your spirit is as holy as it's ever going to be. It's sanctified. Praise God, it's righteous. You can't get any more righteous than the righteousness of God in Christ. 
You can't get any more holy than God is holy. You can't get any more sanctified than God is sanctified. And he put his righteousness and his sanctification and his holiness in you when you're born of God. So when you begin to understand that and you are at peace with God, when your spirit is right, right, then you can be at peace with yourself. For instance, the Bible says, love your neighbor as yourself. If you don't know how much God loves you and you don't see yourself through the eyes of Jesus, it's going to really be hard for you to love other people in the way that God wants you to love them. I had an instance in a situation with my family, and it was a really painful situation. And this thing went on for a couple years, and I was actually pastoring at the time, but I was, I knew I, I you know, loved the Lord, had the love of God in me, but they did some things that kind of hurt me personally, and I was having a problem forgiving a person in my family. And so what happened was, after uh, through a couple year process, I, I, everywhere I go and hear somebody preach, the Lord say, you forgive them. You for I say, Lord, I love them. I forgive them. I thank you. I got the love of God in me. I love them. I forgive them. But yet it was still difficult. But then Barbara ministered some wisdom to me and that healed an area of my soul. And when that area of my soul was healed, right? And so then I was at peace with God and at peace with myself. And once I was at peace with myself, then love your brother as you love yourself. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Then it was easy for me to let the love of God flow through me to them. Does that make sense? So it begins with follow peace with all, with God, with yourself, and then with other people. And holiness, without which no man will see the Lord. So it's actually, it's God working through you. Praise God, because you can't do some things in your own strength. You can't overcome evil in your own strength. You can't do good in your own strength. But when you realize it's not you, but it's Christ that's living on the inside of you, it's his ability, it's his nature, it's his life, then it changes how you respond to others. So he, he says this, he says, Follow peace with holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. So peace begins in your spirit. Did you know when you're born again, you got the love of God, joy of God, peace of God? You got all the fruit of the spirit. You got the very exact same faith as Jesus. You actually don't have a faith problem as a believer. You got the exact same faith as Jesus. But what you've got to learn is how to operate in that faith. Amen? Now, here's another scripture. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 9, Blessed are the peacemakers for they will be called the children of God. Amen? We're, he says, as much as possible, live peace with all men. Follow peace with all, with God, with yourself, with other people, and holiness without which no man will see the Lord. Blessed are the peace. Now, Aaron's been teaching on uh, grace on the mount. He's been teaching from Matthew 5, 6, and 7 on Wednesday evening. And when he's teaching, he, he brings this out. But in Matthew 5, I think it's verse 48, the very last verse, he says, Jesus says this, Be thou therefore perfect even as your Father in heaven, which is perfect. How many of you know that you can't be perfect apart from Jesus? But the moment that you believe on Jesus, your spirit is made perfect. 
So God is perfect. And Jesus is perfect. But the only way that you can be perfect is you've got to believe on Jesus. And when you put your faith in Jesus, His perfection, His righteousness, His sanctification, His holiness is gifted to you. Amen? You can't do these things in yourself. But it's through a relationship with God. In fact, he says a lot of things in, in Matthew 5, and Jesus isn't trying to add to the law and make it more difficult. What he's saying is without faith in God, without a relationship with God through me, there's no way that you can do this. Right? That's exactly what Jesus is saying through there. Amen? Now, as we go on, number one, how do, how do we live this out? He says, how do we love life? When we see good, we speak life, we pursue peace. Amen? And it's we're at peace with God, we're at peace with ourselves, we're at peace with others. But here's another thing. When you do that, what's going to happen? You're going to give thanks. Now turn with me to Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1 verse 21 fits really well with these verses that were in 1 Peter chapter 3. And in Romans chapter 1, Paul's laying out in verse 16 and 17 what, what he's really going to be talking about about through the book, and it's God's plan of righteousness. Amen, through faith in Jesus. Amen, the revelation of righteousness. Now, in verse 20, in verse 18 through the end of chapter 1, he talks about the Gentile world's need for righteousness or right standing with God. And in verse 20, he says this, the invisible attributes or things of God from the beginning of the, the creation of the world are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. What he's saying there in verse 20, if you read that very closely, is everybody knows there is a God. Now, how many of you know someone who claims to be an atheist or an agnostic? Atheists claim there is no God. Agnostic says it's impossible to know whether there is a God. Did you know what? If you, if you get down into the heart of the issue, nearly every one of those people, if not every one, are mad at God. And they're mad at God because something bad happened to them or something bad happened to somebody else that they know and they blame God. Don't blame God again. How do you love life? The foundation is God is good. The word is true. Jesus is Lord and we are blessed. But if you're mad at God, you don't believe any of those things generally. So God is good. The word is true. Jesus is Lord, and I'm blessed. Amen? So that feeds off of this. Now, when you have that at your core, so you see good, you speak life, you pursue peace, but you become thankful. Now look at what he says in verse 20, or 21. He's talking about the Gentile world's need for righteousness. He says in verse 21, because that when they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, Neither were they thankful, but they became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. 
So this is a process, right? So if people don't glorify God for being God, they become unthankful, they become vain or futile in their imaginations, and darkness rules their heart. That's a state of an unbelieving world, the Gentile world of sinners apart from Christ. And he, he, he goes on to talk about their specific sin, which is philosophy, idolatry, lust, and all kinds of ungodliness, right? But if we go back and look at this, we turn this around because we're believers. We've received Jesus. So what do we do? Number one, we begin to glorify God. And when you glorify God, you become thankful. You, if you glorify God and be thankful, guess what? You'll begin to have positive imaginations. You'll begin to see good. And light and understanding will fill your heart. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now, we were just in an instance in the church. We had dealt with an insurance claim. We dealt with it for over three and a half years. Because of COVID, it got delayed. We assigned a, a, a roof claim on this building, a hail claim, to a builder, and they got in an argument with the insurance company, and it went to court. And when it went to court, I sat in federal court for four days. I listened to a lot of lies. Right? They lost everything. They got a big zero. Okay? Now, after the court case was over, after four days sitting in federal court, listening to a lot of lies, and they wanted me there to represent the church. Um, after sitting up there, I, just, I felt very defeated, but at the same point in time, you know, Barbara, uh, I came home that night, but Barbara the next morning told me what to do. But I, one of the first things that I did was I thanked the attorney that worked for this building company, and I thanked the builder you know, and, and I mean, the builder was amazed. He's just like, I can't believe that you're telling me thanks and you're asking me to bid the job, and I can't believe that, you know. And he, he called the attorney. I mean, they were amazed. But this attorney, the, it's the number one law firm in the United States for recovering insurance losses for the last three years. And so this attorney, you know, I mean, he told me, listen, you don't stand a chance of getting a hail claim settled on this building. He said, after you lost in federal court with the jury trial, he said, you don't stand a chance. And I came back the middle of August. I felt totally, but at the same point in time, I thank God. I glorify God. I thank the builder. I thank the attorney. I was kind of, they couldn't believe it. Because I've been dealing with this mess for three and a half years. And you know what? 10 weeks from that date, we put in the check in the bank and we're not only getting a new roof, we're getting a brand new HVAC system. And I signed the contract this week for the HVAC system, and it was exactly the price that I wanted to pay. And anytime I get something, and it's a complete miracle of God, to be honest with you. Amen? And we'll soon have a contract on the roof, and we've already got a good, several good bids. Amen? So it's good. God's with us. We're blessed. But you know, one, of the, one thing that happened was instead of getting mad, and angry, and upset, and letting the devil have a big old fit, because we're envying and strife, is there's confusion there. I thank God. I worship God. I glorify God. And that resulted in me thanking people. 
So when you glorify God and become thankful, what happens? It causes your imagination to work in a positive way. God showed us what to do. Amen? And good light and understanding. Feel your heart. Praise God. So we need to become thankful. Now, becoming thankful, we need to, you know what? Like I said, we're celebrating Thanksgiving this week, but we should be celebrating Thanksgiving every day of the year. There's a couple of scriptures about Thanksgiving. One of them we already went through in this series, but it was in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. It says, be careful for nothing, but in everything with prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known to God. Amen. Don't worry about anything. Pray about it. And while you're praying about it and asking God, thank God for it. Your prayers work better when they're sandwiched between Thanksgiving. Praise God. What happens when your child, you give them a gift and they come and they're very respectful and very thankful? Or your grandchild, you just want to give them more. What happens when you give them something and they're not thankful and not respectful? Like, uh, I don't want to know I want to give you anything next time. Amen? Praise God. You know, I mean, that's just your natural response. But when you sandwich your prayers be between thanksgiving, and so he says, don't worry about it, pray about it. And while you're praying, thank God. Thank, thanking God works. Thankfulness works. 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 16 to verse 18 says, in, he says, rejoice evermore. Pray, pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks. No matter what you're going through, you can find something to rejoice about. You can find something to thank God for. You know what I was thinking about when we just, we didn't, you know, the roof deal is a couple of million dollars, guys. It's a big deal, okay? So you know what I was thinking about when we, I was thinking, thank God we're not in the Ukraine getting bombed with no recourse. I was looking, you know, that's what I could, here's how I can be positive. I think about, you know what? You can see something that's good if you want to see good. Hallelujah. But you got to choose to see good. Hallelujah. So we rejoice and God brings us into victory. Amen. So keep rejoicing. Rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks. Keep thanking God. Now, when we thank God, there's, there's a number of things that can happen. Turn with me to Psalm 105. It's a psalm of thanksgiving. Psalm 105. We're going to start in verse 1. It says, Give thanks unto the Lord. Call upon His name. Make known His deeds among the people. In fact, years ago, I wrote a song about it. Give thanks unto the Lord. Call upon His name. Make known His deeds among the people. Give thanks unto the Lord, call upon His name, make known His deeds among the people. He has done wondrous things, glory to the name of Jesus. He has done wondrous things, glory to His holy name. Actually, David wrote that about 3,000 years ago, but I just got touched, amen? So I, I, I made a little psalm out of that, amen? So he says, give thanks to the Lord, call upon his name, make known his deeds among the people, sing unto him, sing praises unto him, sing psalms unto him, talk of his wondrous, wondrous works. 
We need to be singing to God. You know, the Bible actually says this in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 9, 19, excuse me. It says, speak to yourselves. Say, Pastor Lawson, talk to yourself. How many of you know, once in a while, you need to talk to yourself. So if you see me walking around talking to myself, I'm dealing with myself. Amen? Speak to yourselves. It tells us how. In psalms, in hymns, in spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. So what's a psalm? A psalm is something where we're singing praise and adoration to the Lord, just like this. Right? We're singing praise and adoration to the Lord. What's a hymn? We sang one today. Great is thy faithfulness. Amen? Praise God. We sang a hymn today. It's scriptural to sing hymns. Hymns are talking about the glory of redemption, the glory of creation, the and the magnificence of God. Amen? Now, I understand some hymns aren't scriptural, but that doesn't mean all hymns aren't scriptural. Amen? Hallelujah. Amazing grace is a great hymn. There's power in the blood is a great hymn. Amen? There's a lot of great hymns. So he says, sing hymns. Hymns are talking about the glory of God, the glory of creation, the majesty of God, the, the, the glory of redemption. And then he says, sing spiritual songs. Now, what are spiritual songs? Spiritual songs is when you're singing in the spirit. So Paul gives instructions concerning the speaking gifts in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, Paul actually says this. He says, I thank God that I pray in tongues more than you all. So Paul's not telling people not to pray in tongues. However, he's saying when we come together in a body, it needs to be done in a decent and orderly way so that people get edified. Now in this, while he's speaking, he says, what I will pray with my spirit and I will pray with my understanding also. He says, I will sing with my spirit, and I will sing with my understanding. So when I pray in the understanding, I will to pray. Right? And I pray in English. That's my understanding. And I pray, and if I pray in the spirit, he says, I will pray with my spirit. I will pray with my understanding also. Now, praying in tongues is very valuable to you as a believer. The Bible actually says in Jude verse 20 that you build up your most holy faith praying in the Holy Ghost and you keep yourselves in the love of God looking for the mercy of God unto eternal life. It's good for you to pray in tongues. And just like I will to pray in the Spirit, I was baptized in the Holy Spirit 45 years ago in my aunt's apartment in Lamar, Colorado in one of Andrew Womack's meetings. Amen. Same time God baptized me in the Holy Spirit, he called me to preach. And almost nobody knew Andrew then. Amen. You know, I've prayed in tongues almost every day since that, 45 years ago. Praise God. I prayed it, and it's not that just something comes on me and I have to speak in tongues. It's no, I will to pray with my spirit. I will pray with my understanding also. But in the same way that I will to pray with my spirit and I will to pray with my understanding, Paul says, I will sing with my spirit and I will sing with my understanding also. Now, so I can sing, right? 
in my understanding, just like we did when we were worshiping God, but I can also sing in the Spirit. I believe what spiritual songs are, they're like little ditties that God will give you when you begin to worship in the Spirit, and they're just encouragement for the moment. So my dad died when I was 17, and I actually had a lot of fear about lack and different things. Amen? When I was a child, and so God gave me this song like when I was 17 years old. He gave, I was singing in the Spirit, and God gave me this song. Come to my table and dine, my son, saith the Lord my God. Come to my river and drink of my spirit and come to my table and dine. For I am the Lord your God and I have provided for you and whatsoever you ask in my name I will do it for you. Now that's very simple, but you know what that is? I was singing in the Spirit and I was worshiping God and God gave me a spiritual song. And you know what? That spiritual song encouraged me. And that spiritual song helped me for a season. In fact, he gave me song. When, when we were building this church, God gave me a song. Hallelujah. And he gave me this song. And you know what? I never begged anybody for money. I never twisted anybody's arm. I never even hardly told you anything except what we were doing with what God gave us. I didn't even set up a formal building fund. And when we came in here and moved in this church, it was completely paid off by the hand of God. But God gave me a song. Amen? And so I, I, I sang and I danced. And people might make fun of this, might make some people uncomfortable. Don't get uncomfortable. Amen? But I said, I will sing the money comes and say the money comes I'll sing and shout and dance and say the money, money comes. In Jesus' name, the money comes. Angels go and the money comes. Money, 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 money comes. Money comes to be. I'll sing the money comes and say the money comes. I'll sing and dance and shout and say the money, money comes. In Jesus' name, the money comes. Angels go and the money comes. Money, 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 money comes. Money comes to me. See, that's a, you may not think that's a spiritual song, but that's a spiritual song. And I'd a lot rather sing that song and have some religious people get mad at me. Amen? And watch the money come. Then stand on this pulpit and beg. Hallelujah. And tell you I'm not. Hallelujah. Amen. So God give you spiritual song. He'll give you spiritual song. You start singing in the spirit. You know what happens? Sometimes you're going through a, a difficult situation. You don't know how to deal with it. And, and then you start praying in tongues. And God gives you a revelation of what you're praying. Well, in the same way. God will get, you can be singing in the spirit and God give you a revelation. Paul says, let him pray in a prayer that prays in an un, unknown tongue, pray that he may interpret. And sometimes God will give you a song in the spirit and all of a sudden he gives you the interpretation of what you've been singing. Hallelujah. And you got the answer. 
Do you know God had the answer before the problem ever existed? Amen? So you just tap into him. Hallelujah. So he says, saying unto the Lord. Now let's go down here. Wow, I better hurry up. He says this. He says in verse 3, Psalm 105, verse 3, Glory in his holy name. Let the heart of them who rejo rejoice that seek the Lord. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his face forevermore. See, you need to know, number one, who is God? Seek the Lord. You know that Lord in all caps means Jehovah, the self-existent, eternal God, the creator of the universe. Seek the Lord. He says, seek his strength. You need to remember who God is. You need to remember that he's with you. Seek his strength. God is with you. If God be for you, who can be against you? He says this, seek his face forevermore. Did you know there's power in his presence? Psalm 104 verse 4 says, it says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. You know what? If you'll seek God's face, you'll find his hand. Amen. Seek his face. Glory to God. Love the presence of God. David said, I would rather dwell, you know, in your presence than to dwell in the courts of wickedness. Hallelujah. I love to be in the presence. Do you love the presence of Jesus? Do you love the presence of the Holy Spirit? Look at what he says as we go on in verse 5. Remember his marvelous works that he's done and the wonders and the judgment of his mouth. Remember his works. Amen. Remember his wonders and remember his word. Amen. Remember what God has done. You need to constantly remind yourself of what God has done. Don Crow used to come to this church. He's a really good friend of mine. He has a ministry. He helps people all over the world. But Don told me one time, he said, Lawson, you talk about things that God has done in your life 20 years ago. And when you describe them, it's in exact detail. And he's, he's like, you, you can tell that you're just so focused on the good things that God has done in your life. Hallelujah. You need to remember. Some people have forgotten. Remember what God has done. Remember his wonders. Remember his word. And I'm going to leave you with one verse as we close. That verse is in Psalm 26, verse 7. It, and Barbara started with it, that I may publish with the voice of thanksgiving and tell of all your wondrous works. Praise the Lord. How many of you got something good? Amen? So how can we, how can we love life? We need to see good, speak life, pursue peace, and give thanks. And we need to always remember that God is good, the word is true, Jesus is Lord, and we are blessed. Barb's come, come up. She's going to... Thank you for listening to the Karis Christian Center podcast. If you would like to receive prayer, product, or more information about the ministry, go to www.karischristiancenter.com or call us at 719-418-4000.